you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski, the winner of our raffle. Master Plan raffle is joining us here today. That's Connor DiBiase. No, it was not rigged. Connor just ended up winning. That's just, that's just how it happened. I told him, I told him this. If the person who won did not want the hat, I would give it to him. Person who won did not want the hat, so Connor automatically gets it. Uh, and you know what? No one deserves it more than him. He chose a Bruins hat, one of the ones with the little, little bear on it. So I was very excited to to give that one to Connor. But today, Connor and I are talking about NFL refereeing, which is uh, how do you how would I describe it, Connor? I mean, I guess in the toilet would be the best word. What what's your take on NFL referees so far this season? It's just really bad, and some of the cases do feel like it's, I don't know, an agenda um, a lot of the time on, on what they want to happen. Um, the replay system is just completely a fake system. Yeah. Um, as most of the time, they just don't want to seem make their refs seem like they were wrong, so unless it's extremely obvious they won't change anything. Right. Uh, Clearly, the training is not up to what you would expect for one of the biggest leagues in all of the world for sports. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just just not not been very good this year. No, and, and I think the first thing that we want I want to talk about because I thought that this was something that was settled. Apparently, it's not because this season we've had more than a couple instances of Con- Connor of what is a catch. And it's been a problem this year. I don't know how it's this hard to understand. It's it, it, it's pretty clear to me what is a catch and what isn't a catch. It's, you know, two feet inbounds, right? Football move. And if you're going to the ground right away, right? I'm not talking if you're taking four steps, right? You're making a football move and then you go to the ground and then the ball pops out. That's called a fumble, right? But, I mean, of course, unless you're down before that, blah, 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 whatever. But, Connor... If the ball touches the ground in the process of making a catch and it pops out like and it moves or whatever, like we've already, I thought we've already been through this, like that's not a catch. But I feel like so many times a season, we've had instances where I look at a ball that's supposedly caught and I'm like, well, I mean, I get that should be a catch. But then there are other times where players have quote unquote caught the ball and then it turns out that. They call it incomplete for whatever reason, and they go to over whatever. What what's your take on that specific rule in the NFL this season? How has that it's, been handled? It's definitely weird. Uh, I think it 
the definition of a catch feels like it depends on the ref crew at this point, and the replay review won't change that particularly. You see the Hunter Henry and Travis Kelsey make nearly the same catch in back-to-back weeks, and one of them is called the touchdown. Uh, we won't get into the Chiefs' calls this year, <laughs> uh, but Hunter Henry's is not a catch, where it's basically the same concept. Whether the ground causing a catch at what point in the catch does the ground cause it, and it's not a catch, mm-hmm. but at what point is it just the ground causing it after you caught it? Uh, it feels like the two two steps in a football move kind of ruling it doesn't apply that much anymore. Right. It's not the basis they go off of. Uh, and I really think it comes down to kind of training and care of the NFL. First, there are no repercussions for any refs at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second, they don't really give them a living wage. Uh, right. You look at your other leagues, uh, on average, you're getting well over 100000 um for referees on a yearly basis, NBA making one twenty eight thousand, MLB making one forty one thousand. NFL refs makes on a yearly average twenty seven thousand. Right. I mean, these. Right. What people have to understand is the the NFL referees are these. This is like a weekend job for them, right? On on a weekday, right? They're accountants, lawyers, like whatever they're doing. They they have other jobs, and I think that that's a problem because when you are, I would say at this point, the, the biggest league in the United States, right? You need like you need to have consistent refereeing. We can't have games continue to continually be decided on these very flimsy, you know, whatever. Like it, it, it it's silly. Can you look at the point where? Oh well, if I miss a call, it's not my livelihood. Um, like these guys work for the rest of the year. These guys, uh, I know a bunch of them are like executives at companies and stuff. These guys are just doing this uh, out of, I guess, joy of the game and a side hustle or whatever. Many of them may be formerly players, mostly high school or college players, not many NFL players, mm-hmm. but uh, it comes back to the point where they're not full-time employees, they're contracted employees, and there's no repercussions, and they won't devote their time to it because it's not their full-time job. It's not, uh, they don't care really about becoming a better official. Right. Uh, they like to have the power of deciding such ideas. Right, and, and it's a problem. And I want to talk about one of the worst officiated games of the year. And I think for most people, you'll be saying, well, Michael, the game was 35-7 to 7 at the final. How how are you talking about this? The Bucks versus Niners game, that first half, I have never seen a game be called any worse than that game. And I and as soon as I said it, by the way, folks, you heard, you heard Connor already like start to talk I about it yeah. when you said the score i'm like yeah i know exactly what game that is because i think you know the second half at that point i don't think really anyone cared at that point it was such a wide margin that that no one really you know was thinking about that game but the first half because that's really what i think i and many other people were watching right was one of the worst refereed games i have ever seen in my life and connor why don't you talk about that specific game for us First play of the game, um, they call a terrible um, rough in the passer, which was not rough in the passer. Uh, Brady gets hit twice on two should have been rough in the passers, and if you call it one way, then he gets slapped on the head, which is maybe the most blatant rough in the passer call you can have. They call that. Um, 
there was clear interference on a Chris Godwin at the goal line play. Um, a receiver just fell on the ground and like slipped, and they called defensive holding on a play that the Bucks got a pick, which was just one of the terrible, uh, most terrible calls I've seen. Uh, I think that the if I remember correctly, I remember tweeting about that game multiple times. But it was like one to five in penalties called against the Niners versus the Bucks. Right. Uh, and not all of those were Donovan Smith, by the way, too. Right. That's something key to point out. Right. Donovan Smith was not the reason why the Bucks had all those calls. But Connor. No, and they probably wouldn't have yeah. won that game regardless of the calls, but it probably would have been a closer, more fun game. Right. Uh, for a lot of it. Right. And, and so I think two touchdowns got called back because of Donovan Smith, mm-hmm. which we're just saying he's terrible, uh, most penalized lineman in the league, but it was still penalties that pulled them back. Right. And, and I mean, there have been instances, specific instances that, you know, I can point to this season. I think the worst call of the season, though, and this isn't my Patriots bias, but I think it legitimately is the worst call of the season. Um, I, I believe it's Keenan Cole. I'm not 100% sure. I know his last name is Cole. And I don't know what his first name is. But Raiders Patriots, I believe it was 24-17. Like, I don't know about you, Connor, but I am almost 100% sure that was not a catch, right? It was an interesting one because they tried to explain it like – it's like the refs didn't know what was a part of his cleat. Um, right. The cleat had a white outing that was very, very clearly over the white. Mm-hmm. Um, but to some, which you saw it a lot, there was a lot of confusion on it. They thought the black part of the cleat was the end of it. Um, and that's where the confusion came in. But it, it, it was blatantly obvious it was out of bounds if you just right. take 30 seconds to really look at it. Right. And, and I think that's one of the things that I think the NFL should look at implementing next year. I don't think players should be allowed to have all white cleats i don't at least the ends of their cleats i think it's just something that like it, you may, people may say michael that's an overreaction but at this point i think in the nfl with how little confidence you have game to game if everyone had like i don't know like let's say orange at the end of their shoes like you could obviously then tell whether a player's in or out about and make it very easy you don't have to be looking at are there green blades of grass? It'd be as simple as, well, is, is you know, the foot over the line or not? Like, it's it's orange. You could tell. Um, I, I think that's something you should look into. For sure. My big thing looking at is, too, this is the only argument I can see for for keeping turf. Because it is so, more, so much more obvious to see a drag uh, of a toe with the turf kind of spreading up. And I don't know how you kind of implement that. Because we've right. seen questionable calls on grass this year. And now they're trying to push almost every team to use grass fields does that even make the the whether a toe drag or not call even more confusing yeah i mean i i I would think it does i mean that's one of the things i mean i agree you know listen for player safety i think we have to go to have to go to grass and by the way this has been known for a long time this isn't like a a brand new thing that connor and i are just talking about now this has been known for years why, I mean, it's the reason why so many players get hurt at MetLife because their turf is horrendous. Yeah. Um, but I think that more comes down to the how well the grass is maintained, right? If you have like crappy grass, right, that's like dead, you're, it's going to be much harder to see turf. But if you have well-soiled grass and you're dragging your cleat, I think it'd be much more obvious. 
Um, I do think that's a downside for sure, but I think it's one that we kind of have to live with just for player safety for, for, you know, la- you know, for less ACL tears and stuff like that. I think that's just the way it's gotta be, unfortunately, but go ahead. Um, I was just going to talk about kind of my, my worst game of the year. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm just looking back on that giant commanders game. Oh yeah. Um, wow. From a few weeks back. Um, where it's basically the winner of this game should pretty easily make the playoffs, um, being given an eight five and one record, which you have the tie over other eight win teams and such. It was basically a shoe win for the playoffs once you once you win that game. Um, but I mean, really watch towards the end of that game. Um, and I'm one of the people that there was a big thing going around where a lot of people thought. Uh, potentially this is a this is a calling to Dan Schneider saying, yeah, we're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt um, right. because we want you to sell the team and kind of saying, we're not going to let you make the playoffs unless you sell the team, uh, which is an interesting take. It'd be very, very serious accusation against the NFL. Um, but, I mean, multiple plays late in that game, uh, you see Terry McLaurin ask yeah. the side judge, Am I lined up? Right. So it, just goes, no, move back a little bit. He moves back a little bit, looks back at the ref, gives him a thumbs up or whatever, and then they score a touchdown, and then the ref decides to throw the flag and call him back. Yeah, uh, that that one made no sense to me. I mean, yeah. again, that, that simply to me comes down to, like, I mean, every single player on earth has done that. Like, I mean, how many times – if you pay attention, Connor, and you're watching solely, like, wide receivers – Every single play, they're always checking, like all the time. And never, never once have I seen that called offside. Never in my life. Yeah, after you check, it almost never gets called. I think it's one of those things where they got to make a clear ruling. Can you use the official to get you lined up? Or do you, does the official have to, instead of pointing either way like he did and then still calling it, does the official say, I cannot give you that information? The answer should be yes. I mean... I think for pace of play, the, the answer should always be yes. The official should not be in the business of oh of, of giving out more flags. That's the one thing I really do not want to see at the NFL. More flags, right? I think, you know, I think part of the reason I think there's just a lot of inconsistency, as you said, like roughing the passer calls to me this season have been all over the place. There needs to be a set. Um, they need to train these freaking guys. They need to get guys who are willing to. It, it's really obvious what needs to happen. Right. Uh, they need to get give them a living salary, uh, give them a hundred thousand a year, whatever. Maybe even just seventy thousand a year because only working half a year. Right. I mean, uh, exactly. Where the leagues play, pay uh, and, and train these guys, and in the off season, really hold down and, and kind of train. These I mean, guys. honestly, my, my thing is, you know, I, uh, if it were me, Connor, and I'm just trying, like, I would make it okay. I would say, listen, being an NFL referee is now a full time job, which means okay, yeah. during the during the year, you're you're like you're at games, you're doing all like work during the week and whatever. Off season, right? You you get your own off season, but when players start their OTAs. Like you're all you're all meeting, you're discussing rules, you're you're practicing, like going through practice drills. Like I know NFL referees, they do preseason games as well, but they should have some sort of like right. They, they exactly they need to have their own training camp. You know what I'm saying? 
because I think be what the NBA does, though they don't do it for repercussions. I think they do it for bonuses. Um, and I think the MLB does something similar. You kind of look at their stats based on last season on like right call, long call type right. thing, um, using last two minutes reports and whatnot. And you give them a grade, um, basically for the season. Um, and there has to be relegation on that. Whether that system works because year after year, Scott Foster usually has the highest NBA grade. Uh, when clearly he's to most one of the worst referees, uh, is definitely up up for debate, I'd say. Right. Um, but something to kind of present in um, maybe relegation of referees or, or whatnot and just trying to, trying to find yourself a, a consistent basis. Because this, I mean, I'd say more so this year than any year, uh, you're seeing a lot of people turned away from the NFL because of the refereeing. I agree. And and this has been the worst refereeing consistently. Like, I think there was a couple years. There's always a year or two where there's one call that consistently gets called. Like, ugh, it's just so annoying. Like, roughing the past or a couple years ago was like, they called so much because they just changed the rule. And so a lot of referees were throwing the flag for that. And so every couple of years you have a, a penalty like that where they're just calling it more and more. Um, but this has been oh, across the board, the worst refereeing since the replacement refs, I think in 2013, it just seems like um, so many calls are just missed, right? Either they're missed or, or they're, they're just wrong calls. I mean, it's happened so many times. And I think it's just frustrating. I think people are are frustrated by it. The biggest league in the world should not have, or not in the world, but the biggest league in the U.S. should not have these types of problems. Like, dude, just give the guys 150. Like, it literally does not matter how much you're paying the refs. All right, Roger Goodell makes 50 million dollars a year. You can pay NFL refs 150k for the year, and it literally does not matter. The NFL is so much money; they make more money than they make a ridiculous amount of money. One Super Bowl ad could pay for like six referees for the entire year, right? It's crazy to me that the NFL does not spend more money on their referees and they don't grade them. And the most annoying part is the NFL has a problem where they don't admit when they're wrong, right? There are plenty of other sports that are like, yeah, we missed that call after the fact. And that's nice to you know hear that, that people acknowledge that they're missing calls. The NFL doesn't, and I think that, as we talked about the the Commanders Giants game, that opens them up to a lot of criticism and a lot of, I would say, um, worry about games being fixed, games having an agenda, right? Because it seems sometimes when two teams play, it's like wow, it feels like important calls. Like, do you remember the Vikings uh, Colts game on what was it a couple weeks ago? And the Vikings had two touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns called back that should have been. Comple- like they should have been touchdowns. That Cam Sullivan one was a joke, Connor. The fact that that was blown dead, and I thought again, this is the same thing. I thought referees at this point were told to okay, if there's something like that happens, just let the play happen, right? Unless it's obvious that hey, like obviously that's not a pick, that's not an interception, like blow it dead, right? So you don't get like an extra injury. But if you're unsure, like that Cam Sullivan play. Let it play out. They took 14 points away from the from the Vikings on those. That's crazy to me. Yeah, this was a very early game that, that just got away from the Vikings, and a big part of that was because of those those momentum shifters. I mean, this game would have been a blowout pretty 
like middle of the third, the Vikings would have been up solidly if those calls went their way. Um, one more kind of big call that, that I'm really, um, I don't know, one thing that, that has been a big issue um, on subjectivity of different referees is forward progress, uh, which, I mean, isn't a penalty call, but it's something that there needs to be clear rules about. Absolutely. Um, how long someone is moving for or not moving for, I guess, being held standstill, um, what counts as a second effort. Um, because you see some calls, uh, a player ends up coming up with a fumble and they call it dead for forward progress or others, uh, like we just saw in the Patriots game, um, where Madre Stevenson probably should have been called forward progress mm-hmm. as he was still for four or five seconds. I mean, he was still driving, but like, the play was pretty much it was right. The play was over, over, and then he gets yeah. stripped, and then it's and then the game's over. Yeah. And I'm saying like, why why are they not blowing the whistle? Like, it, I agree, there needs to be there needs to be like a rule, like a two like a three second rule. Like if yeah, a player yeah. isn't moving for three so seconds, blow the whistle. There it just there needs to be some clear guidance. Um, and, and I do think it seems like the NFL has some sort of agenda refereeing. Maybe it's certain crews. I really can't tell. But there are certain teams that get every call on the – the Chiefs are one of those teams. I mean, every single call that could go for the Chiefs does. Um, I think offensive holding, offensive line holding has been a big – it's been so weird this year. Um, There's holding on almost every play in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, it's rare to ever see a play when offensive lineman doesn't have some sort of hold. Um, but there really has to be rules on, on the impact of holding. And mm-hmm. um, is it a is it a hold that really impacted the game? Or um, one of the things like defensive holding on run plays is one of those things that's like, what are we calling here? Yeah, I, I hate those calls. I understand why they're calling it. They're they're basically saying, well, you're not letting an offensive lineman get to the second level. I think that is the silliest call in the world, to me at least. Um, I, I I think it's – I've seen it more this year than any other year. I I would tend to hope they would decrease in that. Yeah, offensive line holding, I get it. Like, it's tough being an offensive lineman. It's not easy. So, I, like, I'm personally okay with – because, listen, if offensive linemen, if they started calling holding a lot more, games would be lower scoring, they'd be less enjoyable – or quarterbacks would get hit a lot more, right? So I don't really mind, but I think there just been, there have been some egregious misses, though. You know, it's all so weird. Like there are some times where they'll call uh, eligible, ineligible receiver downfield, and other times they won't. It's just there's not a lot of consistency right now, Connor. There just isn't, and it's a problem because when we get to the playoffs, which is two weeks away. Right? Are we really going to be having this type of conversation after a playoff game? Are we really going to have a team like the Vikings, Niners, Chiefs, whatever, whoever, get knocked out because of some call? Like, that type of thing, I think, needs to change. And and it's just, it is. Anything else that we didn't cover yet? I feel like there have been things. What, what haven't we talked about yet, Connor? Um... I'm just trying to think. Um, I think one of the one of the bigger things um, 
is definitely the replay booth. We haven't really gone depth into right. That, um, it it's not fair, um, really. That challenges seem skewed. It, it feels like they're always going to lean um, towards the ref. I really hate the the not enough evidence to overturn kind of jurisdiction they have over any sort of call um, where if it's close but you can still tell it goes one way they might not change it because there's not enough evidence to overturn mm-hmm. which is really just saying yeah sure they couldn't see with the human eye but then what is the point of the replay review at all um i think they purposely kind of uh, don't put as many angles possible especially near sidelines of camera angles yeah it's, it's uh, ridiculous I think, I mean, cost margins might be an issue. It's a business first and foremost. Um, but I really don't think it should be that big of a deal where you should be able to get, especially with uh, such a, re- a replay review that can really make or break games. Right. That they won't have every possible angle. And by the way, they do have a lot of angles. So it's confusing. Like, how many pylon cameras do we need? Like, we have now, they, I like how they added um, the, the line of scrimmage and the first down marker, like that, that camera. Is that something that we haven't had, you know, forever? Do you remember all those times where it's like, is that a first down? Is it not? Yeah. And we literally have a camera sitting on that line now. So we like, we can know, right? We can know, okay, that is it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it seems silly to me that we don't have more cameras. It, the NFL definitely has the ability to do that. Um, that kind of, the, the first down, Michael, one kind of brings me to a point that's been, uh, it's been proposed for years now, which is somewhat a sensor in the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a full mapping, and, and it's really not hard to do. Right. Well, uh, well, they did it in the World Cup, right? So they have sensors yeah. and all those, but which makes sense, by the way. Like, yeah, because you can sense it. Is it a goal? There was that goal. The the I think it was Germany um, with a ball like I forget which World Cup. It might have been twenty fourteen. The ball hit the top post, clearly went over, and bounced back out. Uh, and it couldn't be reviewed. They didn't say it was a goal or whatnot. There was the the Spain one from Spain Japan one from this year where the ball was out of bounds. Uh, and, and these are things that right. that putting those sensors in the balls have made some big calls really easy. Right, and there, and you know, and by the way, you know, I I think you know they have that goal line technology. Which, I mean, imagine if they had that in the NFL, right? So it's now really you just having programmers. Um, and making a full mapping and doing a live mapping, uh, we set the first downs. So I'm sure you can piggyback off technology. Right. Stations and, 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 and how easy would it be then to, to translate that into, okay, we have a running back who's trying to cross the plane at the goal line. Like, where does the ball end? You know what I'm saying? Like that type and, of thing. And, and it's, not even a, it's not even a crazy cost thing. I wouldn't expect it to be. No. And there's obviously partnerships you can do with these TV brands where they pay you to get this kind of mapping that they can show exactly. yeah i mean i've uh, and listen other leagues have this problem too with reviewing and and and, and refer like the nhl has their own problems uh the nba certainly does connor you and i both know that very well pucks have, have the, i believe they have sensors in them yeah i think they do because i remember i forget which national television was, it was probably the tnt ones have like games where they did the full puck like being colored across the, the, the link and everything. Right. And, and, you know, I know, you know, MLB, they're getting better. Like these are, and I just think that the NFL, 
they have so I, I think they have a unique opportunity that some of these other sports don't have because NFL plays are kind of defined, you know, they're more defined. Like a soccer game is very continuous. A basketball game is much more continuous. Uh a hockey game is very like, you know what I'm saying? But an NFL game is 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 pretty separate. Like you have a play and then you have another play. You know what I'm Every saying? Single play truly has a decision to be made by the ref. Mm-hmm. Um, there is always a penalty to call on a football field, um, whether it's defensive holding <laughs> on a pass, offensive holding right. on, a, on a run or pass protection, whether it's um, just a guy like slightly offline, like the Terry McLaurin thing. There's, I mean, you're never going to be perfect on that. There's always something you can call. Uh, and that's one of those things that's really – really different from other sports mm-hmm. um it is not always something you can call because right. every other sport is truly more continuous there's not a stop of play where you get to make a call um you either make the call or you don't and it continues uh and for them to to be the most ref dependent sport out of them all most likely right and have not have full-time referees not have right. consistent reliable referees is just and, and, and I think that's really the center of the problem because we bring up the NFL has all these abilities and yet they don't use them. Um, and and to me, if if Roger Goodell came up to me tomorrow, because being an NFL referee, like it definitely takes training. But if he said to me, Michael, listen, starting tomorrow, I want you to be an NFL referee. We're going to pay you $150,000 a year, right? Plus benefits, plus whatever. And like obviously pay scaled up. So I guess your starting salary. And you're going to work for us for 35 years, 40 years. I'd be like, sure, sounds good to me. I like literally, I would do it if they're paying me that much. If it's job, if there's job security, of course I would do it. Because um, again, you know, watching football, you kind of know what you're talking about most of the time. Like, like most of the time, if an NFL game is called right, pretty much predict what the call is going to be before it happens. Like it's not, it's not impossible. You can tell. Um, so I just I think there needs to be more consistency. I think NFL referees need to have more meetings where they're going over like, okay, see this? This is a bad call. Just call them out. Like you, this wasn't good. This is what we should be looking for. That's as simple as that. So, Connor, thank you for joining us here today, talking about NFL referees, talking about our our criticisms, and hopefully, come the new year, they're much better because it's playoff time. So. Got to get those calls right. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to be mad. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Master Plan. Have a great day. Looking for his first hit of the year. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes Upton. Back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The impossible has happened.